In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Donald Trump with a, a stain on our country. I am someone's daughter, too. That's what I'm saying. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Sup Podcast. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics and news and politics for the 500th time. Wow. 500th ep. And you know, if this is the 500th ep, we have actually had so many more newsletters than that because totally. the newsletters before it's, it wasn't always daily actually, but um, yeah, this, we have just content machines here. I know when you do it daily, it really catches up because I feel like we just did 400th. So it's like, we already did. We already played the first episode, the first headlines. What were the big news stories? I was looking at the original episodes and the first episode that you guys did was just called the state of the union. But the second I loved was called, we'd rather have a military parade for Kylie's baby. <laughs> oh, I, re- I remember what that was about. It was February when he- 2018. Yeah, it was when he wanted to have a military parade. I mean, he wanted to do that a few times, but like, I definitely remember that. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, when you think about a hundred date, a hundred episodes, though, it's like Biden's first hundred days in office has mm-hmm. has passed. Right. So it's like, yeah. you know, but it's still it's a lot. How many minutes of content was that? Did you that say? That is, if if every episode is an average of thirty five minutes, which I think is typical, that's seventeen thousand five hundred minutes which is 300 hours of content, 300 hours of talking. Could make like a rent uh, song (laughs) about that, about how many episodes we've done. We should. That is a lot for a congressional staff person to have to go through if we ever want to be confirmed for something. Oh, and there will be more. I'll make it even harder because I never shut the fuck up like ever. So funny. Like the amount of content that somebody would have to go through to vet both of us, but you especially is, is crazy funny. Like they deserve it. Anyone that is going to look that closely. It's sort of like the job of who has to watch like Beverly Hills to see like Erica Jane's clothing, which is Uh, a fun job. I know that we do this like totally for free to the listener, but, um, the number one thing you could do to help us now that we've delivered 17,500 minutes of content would be to rate and review the podcast on Apple. Give us five stars, please. Please. And write a really, whatever you think, but like more tending towards the positive thoughts. Yeah, especially Um, because not all of our reviews are actually from good faith people. So it is really important when you go and give us a five-star review because, you know, as people want to check out podcasts, they look at those. And of course, people that don't know us, they'll be like, this podcast is not to down the middle unbiased. We're like, we know, man. That's, that's not the what point. we're here for. Right. <laughs> yeah. Even if you have like a valid or critique. Sexist, homophobes right. and racists. Yeah. All, Even we, if- I mean, we offer the whole range. So we right. got sexist, we got homophobes, we got racists. 
And even if you like us, but you have a valid critique, please just rate us five stars anyway, and then tell us the valid <laughs> valid critique in DMs, and like that would be so appreciated. Because we will, we're we're always down to take feedback, but like we also would love a five star. Well, also, if you actually want me to see things, you have to tell me because I don't look at the reviews. Otherwise, I would not be able to live my life. So if you really want me to see something, let me know in the DMs, which brings me to that's what I was going to ask for. Anyway, as we said, we we just did 400 episodes and we're already at 500. And that's because we do this podcast every day. We're obviously trying to think strategically about how we make the podcast and make it just the most convenient for you all and your listening habits. So we want to look at any changes we can make. I'm very curious. So if you are a regular listener who listens every day or you're somebody who catches up, let me know how you listen to this podcast. Um, I trust our listeners to slide into my personal DMs. It's the best way to get to me because I do have to sort of shield myself from other things and have like appointments for checking other things. But I'm always looking at my uh, Instagram DMs and I have a great dialogue with so many of you already. But yeah, help us decide how to make this product the best one for you. Do you, how do you listen to the pod? Do you catch up? I want to, do you listen every day? Do you catch up a couple times a week? Do you save them all for the weekends? And if you save them all for the weekends, are you finding that it's too much content? You're our audience. We want to make content that you want. We're all in this new phase of news and politics together. And we really want you guys to be as engaged and entertained and invested in this as we are. So we're open to feedback on how to make sure that happens. And also know that like nothing is necessarily permanent. So if you say you want us to go back to like two or three days, um, that doesn't mean that when the news picks up during maybe the midterms or like the 2024 election, I hate that I'm even like thinking about that. Um, Life could be so different by then, but you let us know because nothing is necessarily permanent. Like just tell us what you're, what you're experiencing now. And then we can continue to evolve together as the sup grows and changes. Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, as for like most of us, we've done it daily, just every day, there was so much going on that everybody needed to know about. And for better, that's, that's not always the case. So I uh, want to look at the way that we can, you know, go into the most depth and provide like the best content for you all. So let me know Amanda Duberman on Instagram, sign them to my DMS. So we're going to go through just a couple of random headlines this morning. Uh, we had a great episode yesterday with Representative Mondaire Jones, who talked to us about what Congress is doing. Basically, like, this is the moment to go hard on your representatives about the filibuster. One way to do that is with our end the filibuster tea, which um, I noticed yesterday there's a sneaky little sale where if you put it into your cart and go to checkout, it will be $8 off. So betches.co slash filibuster. Again, another way to help us make hours and hours and hours of free content. <laughs> yeah. And as a listener, you now know about the trick. So. Exactly. Right. Nobody else knows about this trick. Yeah. So for our first headline today, the ban on TikTok has been lifted. It's so funny that it's been almost six months, but there are still these things that are sort of scattering out. But President Biden signed an executive order revoking Trump's attempted TikTok ban, as well as his ban on WeChat and eight other apps. Courts had blocked this ban from taking effect. Basically, now the way that will work, it's not that apps that we have suspicions about will uh, just be able to have free reign. It just means you can't just name one app and ban it outright. You have to give a survey and explain why. So um, I'm curious, which I personally want to know which grandkid got him to do this. (laughs) Finnegan Biden. (laughs) Definitely Finnegan. Definitely Finnegan. Sammy, are you a big TikTok person? I love TikTok. Um, I think it's like some of the most entertaining hours spent looking at a screen. Um, That's all I have to say. Yeah. And I'm glad that it is not going away. 
Yeah. Um, I forgot that it was even going away. I know. How much time do you think you'd get back if TikTok had been banned? I don't know. I have no idea. (gasps) I spend a lot of time on it. I feel like it's melting me. But like, not like time that I think is poorly spent. That's the thing. I actually think some of my Instagram time is worse spent than my TikTok time. So... That's the other point. thing is that like you can't watch TikTok without sound, which makes it less of a casual viewing experience. That's you know. true. And yeah. this is the news they want to hear. <laughs> hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click gift mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So a new report by the Interior Department's Inspector General says that the U.S. Park Police had been planning to clear protesters from Lafayette Square prior to Trump's decision to appear there last June and that, quote, the evidence did not support the finding that the square was cleared just for Trump's appearance. I would like to gently suggest to that this person's manager that maybe there are other things they could be spending their time on. Yes, totally. Like, okay, and... They're like, we cleared them because we were going to build a fence anyway. It's like, okay, did you have to do that to them to build a fence? Right. It's like we cleared them because we didn't want them to to protest. Like, great. Even better. Right. It's very strange flex. Like you still used tear gas. You still did it. Like whatever the reason was, it's not cool. 
they weren't doing anything wrong. Anyway. Right, right. It's like if you punch somebody in the face and it's like, well, she said she didn't like my top. It's like, it doesn't, you still punch. This is not even a good because the protesters didn't even do anything. They were peacefully protesting. Right. This is just, there's so many things you could look back on in the Trump administration. I think the reason I thought what I was thinking about during this story is that there are so many big things that happen in the news and in our country that actually never really get followed up on. And when there are follow-ups, they're kind of ignored and they're really important. And this is like the exact inverse. Like this was like, Okay, they still beat the shit out of people like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was a pretty weird, big moment among so many weird, big moments of last year. Um, That was definitely like a pretty iconic thing because it was such a heated time. But. okay, like, yeah, that's nice. All right. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) So it's kind of like the person at the party who tells a story in like a group and you're just like. All right. right. They were just filling the space completely. Right. Like, oh, well, did you watch Beverly Hills last night? When no, um, I got to catch Rin- up on it. OK, well, I'll make this reference. It won't ruin anything. When Rina tells a very uncomfortable story about oh, Harry Hamlin, where she kind of is comparing him to something with Denise Richards. It was just a very bad reference. Anyway, yeah. Ugh, you'll gross. see. I'll see. <laughs> So for our main story today, this week, ProPublica published a massive first installation of a deep dive into IRS data on tax returns of thousands of the nation's wealthiest people, covering more than 15 years. Speaking of 500th episodes, Amy, I remember like when I like interviewed for this job and like it was a new position. So we were like trying to figure out what kind of questions to ask me. And it was like going fine. And then you were like, what like makes you interested in news and politics? Like, why do you care? Like, why are you here? And and I basically was like fairness. Like, I'm sick of shit. I can't stand how unfair things are. And then you like lit up and you guys called oh. me like two days later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I do actually I actually remember the interview. I was like, OK, yeah, she's definitely the person. Like, yeah, you were just like, that's that's what you were waiting to hear. And then yeah. you're like, all right, let's go. And this <laughs> story, I feel like just you walked me over. <laughs> so this story just sort of sums that up perfectly. So, you know, I think that very wealthy people using the system to their benefit as a vague concept is like people know this. It's accepted. Some people get worked up about it. But I found that this story, what I found so compelling here is that when you see it itemized, because this is thousands of pages of documents, when you see them itemized and you see every single loophole that these people are using, every, you know, credit they're claiming, you know, ultra billionaires claiming $4,000 credits that we know they don't need. When you just see it all lined out, it's just like, wow, you are stealing money from the American people. Like all of them are just, they're doing it on purpose. They are hiring people that know how to do it. Like it isn't just, oh, well, I paid the percent. It's like, no, they are actively trying not to give their fair share. And like, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. And, or if it's legal, I I don't really know. Just not illegal. Like that's how taxes work. I feel it's like, oh, they didn't come up with a law. Don't you have to like claim that everything is true? Like, I guess. Right. I don't know. I'm sure everyone is a different situation, but like the 4,000 tax credit that Bezos, we'll get to that. Bezos was claiming like, are you kidding me? That's clearly not for you. Like, exactly. I don't know. I think that the average person looks at the concept of using the system to one's benefit and they think about it at the level that like they could do it at, which is like a minimal level of like gray area where it's like where like maybe you have like one really good move that you did like like I don't think people look at it as like 
oh, I can get my tax bill to zero. I think they're like, oh, I could like mm-hmm. pay a few thousand dollars less if I like buy equipment for my business like that it needs, but it's still an expense. Like that's more like I would say something that like people would know, mm-hmm. like a business would do. But like Jeff Bezos right. taking like $4,000 is crazy. Like you don't need it. You made it since I started this sentence. You made four thousand dollars completely, at least. In fact, some of the things that people use to their quote unquote advantage in the tax system are actually meant to incentivize things. So, for example, when you like have employees on your payroll, that reduces your tax bill. But you're mm-hmm. hiring employees. You're making the you're making the the economy run. So, right. like people who use those things to then like stimulate their own business or pay other employees of their own business. That's like a different use of trying to reduce your tax bill than like literally just mm-hmm. like, well, doing some of these moves that we will now explain. Yeah, that and they I did. think that that's because during this conversation, I think what we want to talk about is like why the typical American, I maybe not the typical American feels like, rich people are paying enough or that just because they're paying a high percentage means that they're contributing. And I think people get reactive because there are ways to um, make the tax system work for you. Like you said, in that point, or that are, that are actually designed to help people. And I think people are worried those will go away, but it's like, no, 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 we don't care about your couple thousand dollars a year. These guys are hoarding billions. Like the point is to tax them more so that we can create even more options and outs for the people that actually need them. And in this system, the only, the current system, the only people who, who bear the burden of the, of really the tax of being the taxpayers are the working poor all the way up to, let's say like, they'll call them the working rich, Mm -hmm. meaning like people who are doing salary and that's it. Yeah. Right. Or you could even be doing much better, but let's say you have like $10 million. Like you're still getting, if you have $10 million, you're still getting taxed at like the full millionaire rate. It's Mm -hmm. when you start to get in like the hundreds of millions that you can like evade is what I've, is what I've basically learned from like how I love to read about people who scam money. Right. Absolutely. So the ProPublica analysis, it's going to be ongoing. It, it wants to explain how billionaires use wealth versus income to, a pay, to avoid paying taxes, which is something we've been getting at here. It also seeks to show just how much revenue the U.S. is missing out on by waiting to tax people's assets until they are sold. As we said, this is one of the main way the ultra-rich avoid paying as much as they ought to. Um, as we said, middle-class people benefit from building wealth this way too, but the ProPublica analysis shows that the typical American household pays more in taxes every year than they see their wealth grow. It is the opposite for the ultra-rich. They are seeing their wealth grow like crazy and their taxes go down because they're not paying taxes on that wealth. So how much less are they paying? ProPublica cross-referenced the tax documents with the reported wealth of these people, which Forbes keeps track of pretty well. They have a system for, for determining it. Uh, yeah, it goes back and forth. They're, they're like, I, I mean, they said Donald Trump was a billionaire. They said That's Kylie's a, a billionaire. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know that you necessarily would like. When you're talking about people that make hundreds of billions of dollars, it's like, it doesn't even matter. It's like after you right. have $500 billion or $100 billion, once it's you an have like 100, million, $100 million is where I actually think it becomes like, 
money is never going to be an object for you at all. It starts budding on itself after that level. Yeah. So ProPublica basically looked at all of this to determine what some of these very wealthy people's true tax rate would have been for income taxes. So the average American pays about 14% in income taxes, federal income taxes. The richest Americans pay about 37%. That's the top that's going to go into effect soon. Looking at the wealthiest 25 Americans, they paid a true tax rate of 3.4%. Remember, the average American pays 14. Most people, I thought, I saw 37 and I was like, I'm, I'm not paying that. I'm definitely not in the top, but I was like, most... I mean, you, you like you said, it affects working people. Like we all feel it. You, we all know you look at your paycheck and you you feel that impact. Okay, like if the business of Betches did not have to pay taxes, we could employ so many more people. Like, like we could be more bigger job creators. Like because oh, so yeah. much of the money is set aside for taxes is like paid to taxes. Like, yeah. It's really like a lot. It makes a huge difference. 30, think about getting 30% off a sale. Mm-hmm. You're getting a lot of money off. Like you're, if, especially if you have like a more expensive item. Well, it it's just so, means like if you're making, uh, you know, $80,000 a year, you're just, you're not. <laughs> you're making, this, right. you know, like it obviously, nobody's saying don't pay taxes, but I think the people, people, the reason people get frustrated about taxes at all is because there's a sense that it's not fair. And this is why some of the richest Americans, like I said, the average for those top 25 was 3.4, but some of the richest Americans paid an even lower rate. I feel like people tune out of podcasts when you just go through numbers, but here's what you need to know. Michael Bloomberg, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Warren, Warren, Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett basically paid no income taxes for many years. And despite making a ton of money. So for example, Warren Buffett's true tax rate was 0.1%, which means he paid just 10 cents of taxes on every $100 he added to his wealth, which is nothing. It's negligible for him. Okay. So you know that this, this thing that's at issue, which is really that like, they're not taxed till they like take the cash essentially. Yes. So that is, I think that was originally built for like situations where, there is less money that the yeah. person already has. Like I'll, like, I'll give you an example. Like one time we were like, like if you're planning to like look at trying to give someone equity in a company and they, you have the agreement like that they're getting 10%, whatever mm-hmm. you, they technically own 10% of the value of the company. Right. But like, they're not actually getting that money. So, but so this is so that they wouldn't have to like pay taxes on that fine if you're talking about like no like you're making someone basically pay to have equity that they're not reaping any money from Mm -hmm. but that's not the case with these other people or i guess you could argue that it is because they're not like liquefying their money but their their wealth is still and there's just no the tax system does not take into account i i believe just the amount of money people have to live like it's looking at individual factors it can't just say like Oh well, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos doesn't need any money, so we'll just take a bit more from him. Like you do have to do very specific ways of of taxing them. Which Elizabeth Warren has been talking about this all the time. A wealth tax seems like a pretty simple way because there are Americans that would um, be severely negatively impacted if you just started taxing their wealth. But I think the point of this, but what would like what would be so bad if Bezos had to like let like liquidate a certain percentage of his Amazon stock every year, which will yeah. cost me be replenished 
in value is, very quickly. Yeah. And he's like, what if he had to do of that? that? He is able to borrow against that. Like he is yeah. able to make more money right. and build wealth off of those things. Right. So it is not fair right. that he has no obligation to the country in which he is making those billions of dollars. Right. To I help think us that's fix what, the bridges. Right. I think that's what people sort of miss is that like, just because that's all sitting in stock, he still is able to reap the benefits of having it. Like he can still buy any house he wants. He can buy any item he wants, like any plane. He like, You know what I mean? It's like, because he has the money, he could take it at any time, even though he's not sitting on billions of dollar bills, you know? Yeah. And it allows, right. It allows him to only, he is able to benefit from that mass wealth. So when people make the argument, oh my God, Jeff Bezos has everybody, there's always just some bro in the comments that like, oh, well, Jeff Bezos has made America a better place and he's such a genius and he's, he's why you can buy books online. It's like, fine, I have no problem with Jeff Bezos being rich, but we should all get to benefit from that. Like, why does he get to, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's not even like, oh, we should all get to benefit from that. Cause that's sort of like, uh, I mean, you could think like totally, yeah. I think that, but it's the only reason we should all get to benefit from that is because everyone else is benefiting a lot more proportionally. Mm-hmm. Like when an average middle-class person pays 14, 14% in taxes, that really eats into their income for Jeff Bezos. The expectation is like none. And mm-hmm. that's where it's unfair. It's that like, why should this, why should other people take such a hit when he, takes yeah. no hit and he's all this money comes from the average person consuming from his yeah. business. And there are two issues, right? Because people are like, well, he's contributed. People say he does pay taxes, which if you look, he does like he pays an astronomical amount of taxes, but he makes an astronomical amount of money. I don't think people, I, there was a really great viral thread that went around. I think this time last year, just about why being a billionaire is unethical. I think it's very hard for people to wrap their head around that quantity of money and a per like a, an individual human having multiple billions. So not only is he not paying thirty seven percent at the top, but he's hiring people to get it down even lower and lower because he knows it's an astronomical amount of money. He wants to keep that. That's why he doesn't even want to pay the top. He doesn't even want to pay that. So it's not even about raising that. That's the thing. Raising that will not help because this isn't about, like to me, this isn't about making sure millionaires, those people with $10 million pay a couple hundred thousand dollars more. Yeah, that's helpful. But this is about how do we get those people hoarding all of that wealth that could make the world a materially better place. And and then, okay, then you want to talk, go off of that, talk about the companies who know that it costs less to hire lobbyists to try to get the laws and taxes to benefit them than it does to actually pay those taxes. Like, trust me, these lobbyists cost thousands of dollars a day, an hour, a month. Like, you're paying them a buck ton of money and it's still a worthwhile investment because you know that you're not going to have to pay out as much money to the government on the back end. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's not just these individuals, it's also the it's also the companies that they own and yeah, it's completely it's it's completely imbalanced. It's not about asking. It's not about like we don't think Jeff Bezos deserves to reap the rewards of his hard work and no one's saying he didn't work hard or that he's not very talented or that he did not benefit the world, but like, whatever we can talk about yeah. <laughs> his 
the practices at his company, but it's separate from that. I mean, that. But look at Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is a great dude. Good. He right. donates tons of money, but he's right. still only paying. And yeah, and Warren Buffett, to my to my knowledge, is someone who invests in like real companies. He's not like doing tricks with the balance sheet. That's like why yes. his company and is so valuable. And he advocates for higher taxes on the rich. He's like, yeah, look at this. This is fucked up. I don't have to pay that much because they're also able, and this is what we know Trump did, to like they can have made tons of money, but also have these, like just as their like wealth increases are theoretical, so are their losses, but they can, right. they can benefit from both. Because like the average person loses money on consumer items that they need to survive. Mm-hmm. And once you have millions of dollars, you can start to buy things that you can then write it off as like investments or expenses. And it just becomes like, can Mike write my engagement ring off as like a a loss? (laughs) No, no, he can't. Right. Cause it's a consumer item. But like, if you want to invest in a piece of, if you're, if you want to buy a piece of art, actually art counts is like credited via taxes. Apparently Mm -hmm. I learned that on TikTok. Going back to an earlier part of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's uh, something else I learned on TikTok was that when it comes to like paying for a nursing home. I saw that. Did you see? Yeah. Where um, Medicaid and Medicare basically base it on the past five years of income. So if you're like a really rich person, if you you don't want to pay the nursing home, you can give all your money to like your kid five years before you're going to go to the nursing home, then you have zero income and Medicaid is paying for it. Yeah. But only rich people know how to do that. Whereas middle-class people who maybe um, are, don't do that or a middle-class person who can't afford to give their kid all their money. True. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. So, and the difference is about a hundred thousand dollars a year. So you have like, it's just, it's, it's exactly this. It's like, it's the wealthiest people who are able to evade the most. And it's just such a gut punch to see like how nobody I know, nobody I know personally is pissed about taxes. Everybody knows it's like a way of life and people that, you know, people that work minimum wage, it's like, you can work for like, or minimum wage in some States. It's like, you can work for a week and make a hundred bucks. And then you have Jeff Bezos who made a hundred bucks just then. Like it's, so this report comes as we're battling in Congress to pay for crumbling bridges and roads. And the ProPublica piece, just Google it, but the authors are bad. It has a tone to it. It's like, this is unacceptable and unfair. And we need to be talking about this because this country is literally falling apart at the seams and there's no reason for it. And there's a very clear link between the decay of our country and allowing ultra billionaires to hoard their wealth. I mean, the fact that we're having discussions about this when we're also talking about like, oh no, will we still be able to do social security, which like sends old people, what is it? It's like around, not even a thousand a month usually Mm -hmm. when just taxing Jeff Bezos appropriately for one year could probably cover like millions of people. Yep. That's what's like, and he wouldn't even feel it. His life would not change. Yeah. His life would not materially change. So I think ProPublica will continue to come out with these and suggest maybe prescriptions. But something interesting that I took away from it was, you know, just raising the top tax rate is not going to help because right now they raised it to like about 37% for couples making about 650K a year. It's like, so that's going to apply to then everybody. It's like you got people that are, you know, maybe like two surgeons living in New York City 
who have a lot of expenses and then you have, which, you know, that's, that's their choice, but you're going to tax them as the same rate as you would Bezos who, who has hundreds of billions of dollars right. and doesn't need, you don't need more than $1 billion. Right. I just, I just like, okay, this is what is so infuriating about this conversation is because like people don't generally understand like the levels of wealth, like, $650,000 is obviously a lot of money, but like- yeah, it's 1% money, but- But it's not, it, is it 1% money? Like, yeah. even if it's 1% money, that doesn't mean that those people are like living anywhere near mm-hmm. what someone who's making $5 million yeah. is. Like, so to that person who's making $650,000, 37% is such a bigger chunk than someone who's making 5 million. And it's sort of like- yeah, and especially if you're probably, in San Francisco or New York City. Mm-hmm. And that person also probably doesn't have, um, you know, the same money to like hire an accountant who knows all of the same loopholes. Or if you have a job, they probably have like a decent accountant who yeah. like, no, I think so too. Yeah. But I also, th- I think about this all the time where it's like, they don't tell you in high school and college that like, just having a job with a salary is like not enough to be a no. baller. Like you have to have fucking positive income. You have to have yeah. investments. I was like, I just thought I needed a good job. But then you find out that people that are rich, they got something else going on. Yeah. There's like, totally, totally. You need multiple income streams. You need like, I know I was talking to my, I'm like, Mike, should we buy some ATMs? <laughs> yeah. Like my, we need right. passive like, income. Right. Like I, I was thinking about that too. I'm like, Hmm, like how do I get a bigger apartment? And I'm not going to like spend like savings to get a bigger apartment. Like I would need bigger, like more money coming yeah. all the time. You don't just turn around and say, all right, well, I'll liquidate this thing. And that's, that's right. exactly, that's a perfect point to close on because if I have tons and tons of millions and I am not taxed on them, I don't have to pay tax on them, but they allow me to buy myself whatever I want, whenever I want. Like I should have to pay a price for that privilege, right? Yeah, like, or you can buy a you can buy a house with a lower interest rate because yeah, your credit's exactly. probably better, right. and you have a, you basically don't even you could buy it in cash even. Yeah, like I just think there's yeah, I used to think there was just like poor and rich. Yeah, like I thought like once you were quote unquote rich, like everything's like there's there, you're just rich. And yeah. like, you can have everything versus totally. poor, you, just you get can't a job. have anything. Right. You just get a job and it pays you a lot. And that's, that's, and you're hopefully it. rich. Like right. I Which, totally didn't know, like it's I generational. I mean, even like small amounts of wealth from a higher generation go so far. Like that's like the other, like, even just like, let's say your grandpa leaves you five thousand dollars in an account like that's gonna be yeah a hundred thousand dollars later an example is that i don't have many student loans because my parents took them out my parents didn't were not able to pay for my education but they had much more wealth and much better ability to access better interest rates and could pay it off in a way much more uh, manageably and efficiently with less interest than i ever could have and that's because of generational wealth right totally not everyone has that opportunity So that is our show. I hope we gave you some animating rage this Thursday. Like we said, please give the podcast a quick five-star review. It really does help us a lot. Pick up some merch. And as I said, shoot me a DM at Amanda Duberman on Instagram. I will see it. And uh, that will help us in how we move forward. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. 
The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.